Hello, and welcome to another episode of Known. I am your host, Mandy McDonald, and today's guest is a really exciting one for me. Her name is Toni Collier, and most likely you have heard of her because she is all over the place. But we are just talking about how Jesus is accessible to everyone, and I cannot wait for you to hear that. But before we get to that, I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you for listening, for being part of this community for now three seasons. This is the last episode of season three, and I'm already excited about what I'm bringing you in season four. So that means I'll be taking a little break during the month of August from new episodes, but I'll still be around on social media, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Mandy McDonald, and my website, mandymcd.com, M-A-N-D-E-E-M-C-D.com. So enough about that. Here is Tony Collier. Well, hello. My name is Tony Collier. I'm originally from Houston, Texas. That's the first thing that you need to know. That's the most important because Texas, okay? Of course. Best state in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but I do live here in Atlanta, Georgia with my husband, Sam Collier, uh, who's the lead pastor at Hillsong Atlanta. So I get mm-hmm. to serve alongside him. Um, and I'm the founder of a women's ministry brand called Broken Crayon Still Color, where we help women process through brokenness, get on the other side to hope with resources and community and all the things. Um, and then I have a seven-year-old strong-willed blessing. Okay. That's what I call her to make myself feel better. Um, named Dylan and she's just incredible. So much spunk and all the things. And so, yeah, that's who I am. And I get to travel and speak and tell people about Jesus Mm -hmm. and about my ratchetness and (laughs) how God's still using me. And that's it. I love it. Well, I discovered you First, um, on If Gathering, yeah, watching you there. And I was like, oh, she's fun. So then I started following you on Instagram. And the more that I got to know about your story, I was like, oh, oh I get her. Ah! <laughs> she gets me and I get her. Me and so, I get her. Yes. So <laughs> we're going to have to chat. So I'm glad you're here so that Thank we can. And side note, it is thunderstorming here. Can you hear it? I can't even hear it. I can't okay. even hear it. Okay. Well, okay. it may get loud. Who knows? If it does. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. So I'm glad you're here. Tell mm-hmm. us your story. Oh, man. Um, so again, grew up in Houston, Texas, best state in the world. Uh, you just got to say it every time, you know? Right, I mean? right, right. Uh, but grew up, man, uh, with a really ch- hard childhood. Um, my mom had a major stroke when I was in the third grade completely lost all of her functionality on the left side of her body, mm-hmm. um, started having seizures and all these different medical issues. And so kind of grew up a little fast. My counselor would call it parentified child syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so took care of my mom a lot, missed out on a lot of nurturing. Um, you know, there's just kind of this natural progression of like you're parented and then time goes by and you kind of reach this threshold where now you're trying to help your parents kind of get settled into older age. Well, that just happened so quickly for me. And so just thought I was grown, you know, long story yeah. short. Um, but even more than that, missed out on the nurturing from my mom. She was so sick and she was doing her best truly, but also my dad was really, really aggressive, a little, little verbally aggressive there. Mm. And uh, it's all he knew, all he knew growing up. And so really did miss out on a lot of, of nurturing and validation. And so really started to look for that in other places to numb lots of anxiety, trauma there, lost my virginity at 13, started seeking validation in little boys. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and started drinking and and doing different drugs, just trying to numb all those those childhood wounds the best way I knew how. 
and ended up leaving my parents' house at 16, put myself through college, worked three jobs, did my thing, partied so freaking hard, twerked all over the club. All right. (laughs) I did. I just did. And it took me a while to kind of get settled into this like Christian walk. I ended up getting um, married at 20 and moved to a whole different state and was like, who needs law school? I'm leaving. I'm grown now. I'm 19. And so ended up getting a really toxic marriage, lots of abuse there. And then went and got saved at 21. I was like, yes, Jesus all day, but ended up at a spiritually abusive church. And so, I mean, just one thing after the other, but you know, isn't that how trauma and abuse works? It's cyclical. It's generational. Mm -hmm. It, it becomes a familiarity and it, the trauma bonds get formed and you start to perpetuate that same behavior over time. But I think at about 24, I just had this moment where I was like, I don't think life is supposed to be this way. (laughs) And I didn't want it to kind of, you know, leak over into my daughter. And so Mm I ended up getting a divorce, transitioning out of the toxic church, get my behind up in counseling (laughs) and really got like to a healed and whole place got remarried. God gave me another opportunity at ministry. And now I'm here telling people like, trust me, you ain't gone too far. Okay. Cause if the <laughs> yes. Lord can do it for me, dang it. Okay. He can do it for you too. Yeah. And so, yeah, now I wake up every day and I'm like, well, dang, are you sure Lord? I mean, don't let me mess this up. Okay. <laughs> because I know I'm crazy. It just yeah. is what it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, but now I get to lead from that place and I, I love it. It's, it's, it's so fun. People honor it. They're like, oh yeah, she crazy just like me. Like ain't nothing mm-hmm. different around here. Okay. It's just crazy people trying to do good work, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's like my little story in a nutshell there. <laughs> in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Yeah. When you said you were twerking all up in the club. Thank um, you. I'm about 12 years older than you. So twerking was not a thing yet. Okay. But well, I was dropping are. it like it's hot all over oh, the Oh, getting it up like it's warm. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Hello, somebody. All right. I did pop lock and drop it a few times. I want to oh, be honest yeah, about yeah. that. <laughs> well, you started yeah. early, so. Thank you. Know, you. That makes Thank sense. You. I did start. I balanced it right on out. Right there, 13. <laughs> Living it out, honey. So do you see people from like that time in your life and they see you now and they're like, how did this happen? <laughs> it's so funny. When I moved from Texas, I did lose a lot of community because I was so young. I was only 19. So yeah. those formative years with friendship and community kind of are formed right there. But I had left. So I started like a whole new community once I got to Georgia. But I do every now and again get a DM or a private message that's like, Tony, is that you? Yeah. I'm like, I know, girl. Shocks me too. Shocks yeah. me too. <laughs> but it's amazing. People actually love it. They're like, you're no different. Like you're still wild, crazy, hollering all over the place, but it's really cool to see redemption on you. And I mean, I just think, you know, light only serves its purpose in darkness. Mm -hmm. And when you can actually be honest and vulnerable about the craziness that is our imperfect selves and God still does an incredible work, I think God becomes bigger. But then also I think it just, it's more inspiring. It's like, she crazy like me. And yeah. look at God still doing things through her, you know? And so it's awesome. Well, it's like so you cool. said, God becomes bigger, but he also becomes accessible. God, like yes. people who are still twerking all over the club. Like, Hello. Oh, I can come to him. I can talk yeah. to him. That's yeah. So good. I get the chills too when you say that because it's like I, I honestly think in in another like vantage point and perspective. 
I think the church has made God so small. Oh, well, he can only love these people. And, you know, these are churches for the saints and not them people out there in the world. Mm -hmm. And we've made God like this legalistic, this is who you have to be fit in a box. And then God's really going to love you type God. So when I say like God becomes bigger, I think his heart becomes bigger. Like it's always been big, but our little like humanly put everything in a box type minds, make him so small. And, and like you said, inaccessible. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are y'all talking about? Okay. <laughs> it's the God of the universe. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are yeah. you talking about? You couldn't make no dang flower out here. <laughs> Okay, you couldn't make a palm tree. Let's be real, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, man, I just, yeah, I want to serve a really big God that can do anything. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And we do. Like, we just, yeah, we, we don't do acknowledge that. it. <laughs> Flash. Yeah. Surprise. We do. Yes. All those people that are on the fringe, he serves them too, guys. Yeah. Surprise, <laughs> y'all. Yeah. Surprise. It's a shocker. So, so I saw a post of yours. To, yeah. I'm skipping all over the place. but I want it, girl. Come on. Okay, good, because that's how my brain works. Uh, yeah, me too. Um, I saw a post of yours. Hillsong Atlanta is fairly new. Yeah. And you are meeting in a club, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, so I you... have some funny stuff to tell you. <gasps> Yay. <laughs> so you posted a picture in the bathroom oh, at yeah. the club, I and did. we're talking about, like, last night, people were in here probably – hugging the toilets and yes. <laughs> doing who knows what yes. else. Yes. And Sunday morning, you're in there praying for those yeah. people. So yeah. tell me about that. Okay. I do have to say this. So Hillsong Atlanta in Atlanta, Georgia, we meet at what was formerly known as club opera. Now they still do like beach club parties on the weekend, like rappers come in, book the venue. Like it's, it's still very much a club, but it used yes. to be called club opera. Funny story. <laughs> I said this the other week when I preached, literally like at the same place i want to say gosh i'm 30 now 10 years ago i was in this club <laughs> me my own self yeah okay yeah in this club twerking rolling a blunt smoking drinking in this actual club and 10 years later here i am on the stage preaching yeah in yeah. the bathroom praying for you know, not these like, woe is me, little people. I'm not mm -hmm. like, oh, these heathens, I got to pray for them. No, 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 no. I'm talking about praying for humanity, like mm -hmm. their hearts yes. to know that hope is available in darkness. Because we all go through darkness, mm -hmm. saved, not saved, on a platform, not on a platform. We're all losing stuff. We're all battling with temptation, period, point blank. But to know that because of the environment and I know what it is, what it feels like to numb with alcohol, mm -hmm. numb with partying and clubbing. If that's your reason to be there, not just having a good time, but actually going there for some sort of like outlet to mm -hmm. process all this brokenness and darkness. Like for those people, I'm like, man, I just, gosh, I really hope they know that hope is available to them yeah. too. Like, that's what I was praying for. And it's so freaking cool. I'm yeah. like, I use this bathroom <laughs> and I was hopeless in this place. And yeah. I just, I pray for any of the, the men and women that, you know, are like me. I just was mm -hmm. so hopeless in a really dark place. So I you know, live in the same city where I grew up. Like I've always lived in Birmingham. I went to school yeah. here, live here now. And there have been so many times really in the last couple of years that I've noticed it, that I'll be in a place or like just see a sign for something or yeah. like a billboard or something and like remember 
Mm. 20 years ago or 25 years ago, would I have ever imagined that I'd be driving my minivan with my five-year-old listening oh. to worship music past oh, the same spot? Gosh, like, wow. never would I have imagined this yeah. is where I would be now, but God. Like, God, and I, yeah. I wish that I had been told, and maybe I was, and I just wasn't listening, but I right. wish that I had been told when I was that girl partying yeah. and drinking and rolling the blunts too, like, hey, hey. <laughs> It can be different. Like, and here's the thing that I really like about you. It can be different, but still fun. Like it's still a party. Well, of course, because I mean, that to me as well, like that's a part of God being big. Like we don't just serve this like frumpy, mean guy, like pointing his finger down. No, like God delights. There is joy there. You know, there's fruitfulness, there's kindness. And Name a person you know that's kind and super boring. No, you like the fruits of the spirit, like kindness makes you happy and mm-hmm. giddy and excited. And I just, I don't know where the heck we went wrong. Okay. But somewhere along the way, we just made Christianity this like weird. And I'm, I'm glad like we're, we're living and morphing into a post-Christian society. So I think it is changing, mm-hmm. but gosh, I hope gone are the days where we just think we have to be all sad and moping around and these weird little Christians that we can actually enjoy what it is that our savior gave us access to and, and live really good and fun lives. Our mantra for our marriage, my husband and I, is if you're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. Like it just is what it is. Like if something ain't going, no, 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 something's going wrong. And so we just live by that, you know? I love that. That's I'm going to tell my husband, we're going to do that. We're going to do that too. (laughs) That's going to be ours too, honey. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Tell me about broken crayons. Like everything that I read, I'm like, oh, tell me how I serve these women with you because it's so good. Yeah, it's man. You know, it's 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 interesting because literally over the past two years, which is how long we've kind of been born, um, we've just grown every year. Like there's always something new, which is just nuts. Honestly, Mm -hmm. we started off as just like we're going to be a little blog, just putting hope out into the world, sharing just words of hope. Every month, we're going to have a different series, and we're just going to put hope out there. And then women were like, what else can we do? And so we were like, let's make a Facebook group and see how many women we get. Now we have over 2,000 women in a Facebook group praying, processing, being vulnerable, being honest. We have Bible studies that we do every now and again. We post videos of encouragement and prayer, and we genuinely do pray for each and every single woman. We have a prayer spreadsheet. When you first come into the group, you put your prayer request down. We put it on there. We actually pray over these women. And then they start praying for each other. So we have this online community that's so beautiful. And then we got women that was like, okay, great. Yeah. Hope is available to me. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Prayer. Cool. Got that as well. But like, what's the strategy though, for real? Like, how do you actually process through trauma and and pain? Because I remember being in the church for years with no counseling and no real strategy, just praying and thinking that God didn't hear me and thinking that God didn't heal anxiety because I didn't know how to actually process through it in the earthly realms. And I think we got to do our work. And so we, we kind of said, and and really honestly made the, the declaration that we wouldn't just preach hope, but we would strategize hope as well. And that we would actually create resources to help women really find hope. Mm -hmm. And so we created the hopeful woman course, 50 videos, a cutie little journal. I actually have the journal right here. Oh my gosh. It's very thick, Aww. but very beautiful. That is so um, I mean, so many pages. <laughs> um, 
of just actual processing step-by-step. How do you transition toxic community out of your life? How do you identify toxic community that has caused you so much pain? Mm -hmm. What does it actually look like to spend close and intentional time with God? What does prayer and worship look like for you? A replenishment cycle look like for you? How do you actually have quiet time? What does that actually look like? Counseling. We have a whole counseling module that teaches people how to find counseling Mm -hmm. and then how to actually do counseling. Because many of us roll up in the counseling office and don't want to tell nobody that. We just sit there with these surface level issues, getting surface level healing. Come on, somebody. And so like, what does it look like to be a great student of counseling? How can you actually Mm -hmm. do it well? And practicing gratitude. I mean, all these different things. And so we created this course. So then people were like, okay, that's great, but we can only really accept 50 to 60 women at a time because we do process through the course together over eight months. Like this isn't just like, here's a video, go do your thing. No, no, no. We're going to sit with you in it. We're going to process every single month. We have two calls a month and we're going to actually do the hard work of sitting and tending to hearts. So then people were like, well, (laughs) What about some bite-sized stuff? Okay. In the meantime, maybe I can't get in the course right now, or maybe I've done the course and I want more. Mm -hmm. Well, we decided to start creating devotionals, but not just your, here's a scripture, read this, be close to God devotionals. We wanted to do topical devotionals. So we actually just launched our very first devotional. It's called Overcomer, Mm -hmm. Defeating Anxiety and Abuse. And it's topical. If you have dealt with anxiety, if you're right in the middle of it, here's a devotional for you. If you've dealt with abuse in any way, verbal, spiritual, physical, all the things, financial, here's a devotional for you to help you process through it and figure out what God actually says about it. Yeah. And so we're just, that's who we want to be. We just want to keep putting resources out there that, that doesn't just like talk about it, but that is about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's broken grounds. We got a little merch and shirts and all that <laughs> other stuff, but the real good stuff is our resources, honestly. Yeah. So, Yeah. That's awesome. And I totally agree. Like the longer that I do any sort of ministry, this podcast, writing, anything that I'm doing, the more I'm seeing, and I want to choose my words carefully, but I'm not good at that. The more I'm seeing flawed Mm -hmm. with how we do things, like telling somebody to pray about it. Yes, that is true. You, you must have a prayer life. Yeah. But some of us, like somebody like me who I grew up Catholic, which me too. Did you really? Oh my gosh. See, yes. we were separated at birth or something. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. By the hip. Yeah. Off of the hip. Okay. So my parents, I I believe that they were truly Christians and they are now in heaven. But I did mm. not have a clear understanding of prayer. I had memorized prayers, but I didn't have a prayer life. Come on. And so then I <laughs> then I just left that behind, what I did have, yep. and yep. went to the club or hanging out with guys or whatever yep. it was that was filling yep, 100%. air quotes, Same. filling me up. Yep. And then when I did decide to give my life to Jesus, I yeah. didn't know what to do. Like I heard you pray. I heard you read scripture. Yep. I heard you go to church, mm. but how do I do those things? What do I need to do here? Right. Like I, I can so say, good. dear God, Thank you. Hey. Yeah, yeah, I'm here and I need some stuff. Okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know how to do yeah. all this stuff. And then you feel like you're failing as a Christian and you yep. want to give it up again. So yep. I, I think there are so many people who have the privilege of growing up in church and learning from an early age how to do all those things. Yep. And I think those are usually the people that you find traditionally find in leadership. 
Yeah. And they just don't have the insight of yep. here's how you start as an adult or as a teenager or, you know, yeah. wherever you may be yeah. when you have a past. <laughs> and so not good. that everybody doesn't have a past, but when you have a past like one of us, <laughs> there's a whole lot more stuff to wade through to figure oh, out yes, how to have it. a prayer life. Yep. That's so, so good. That. Yeah, I think one of the things that like for those of you listening that we've done, even like right now in this moment, like let's just lay some practical on you. Yeah. One of the things that we talk about in our course and that I have just preached about to the ends that I learned at the spiritual encounter is just called 741. And it's quite literally to me, like the one of the best on ramps to just like talking to God because it is mm-hmm. freaking weird. You're like, yeah. hey, daddy God, like what, how do, what do we call? <laughs> what do we call him? God right. help us. And it's just seven minutes, four days with one day of reflection. Hmm. And it quite literally, like all you literally do, you can do this in your journal. You can do this just verbally. If you, if that like floats your boat, if you just don't want to write or you can't. Um, and what you do is you, you literally just check in with yourself. How am I feeling today? And you just tell God those things hmm. that, like for me this morning, it was God, you know, I, it feels like a Monday. I'm just going to be real about that. <laughs> It is actually Tuesday and I just am a little tired and I'm trying to catch my bearings. But for the most part, I feel pretty good because we're talking about relationship here, not religion. Right. This is like your friend. okay? Mm -hmm. And you check in with yourself and then you you review the day before. And I think those things are so important because what happens is we we go through life and things trigger us, hurt us. Things pop up that kind of poke at us and we have no idea how to process them. And so one of the things that I started doing in this like seven minutes was I would kind of think about the day before and anything that may have like triggered me or made me feel a little weird. And I would express those things to God. Like, I don't know where this came from. Maybe you can provide some clarity here. But yesterday when my daughter didn't listen to me, like it was more than just me feeling like she was disobedient. It felt like she was disrespecting me. There's something there. I'm not sure. I just want to write it down. And then you literally just ask God for repentance, like for anything that you need to repent for. And I'm a three on the Enneagram. Yeah. So it's hard for me to admit anything. Okay. (laughs) I want to win. I am an achiever. I'm like, well, God, I surely didn't do anything today, but I am an imperfect human being. So I know I did something. So sometimes I ask God, like, what is it that I need to be praying about? Is it lust? Is it temptation? Is it my temper? What what God would you have me repent of? Mm -hmm. And then I just talk to God and tell him how great he is Mm -hmm. truly. Like I would do my friend or my husband words of affirmation. God, I love you. Thank you so much for waking me up this morning. You quite literally did not have to allow me to have breath in my lungs today, especially with a freaking global pandemic. Gosh, it's a miracle. Thank you so much. And then I asked God some vulnerable questions. And this is where, this is a part that I think we haven't expressed in the church because I think we're scared of what he might say but we, because we, we've learned about this big, mean God that just mm-hmm. wants to scold us and not the loving, tender, caring God that actually is who he is. Mm-hmm. And I have asked God questions like, what do you think of me? Oh, and just sat in that silence. Well, that almost makes me want to cry. I know it actually yeah. makes me cry every time Yeah, because it, it's so vulnerable mm-hmm. and so honest, but gosh, weren't we all little kids that may or may not have even had our parents, but if you did have your parents and we just wanted to know, like, look at, look at me. What do you think of me? Look at, look at this, my daughter. Oh my goodness. Sis, I don't (laughs) want to look anymore. But that validation, we still need that as adults from our heavenly father. And so vulnerable questions, what do you think of me? What, if there was something that a word that you could use to describe me, what would it be God? 
Mm. And watch him place those impressions on your heart as you sit in the silence for seven minutes, four days, and then look back at everything that you processed for one day. And then just start there. You ain't got to do it every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause you probably ain't. <laughs> so stop trying to, let's just be real about that. You probably yeah. are not. Okay. Well, you can do seven minutes yeah. four times a week and then just take a day to be like, man, I really spent some time with God this week. What a cool mm-hmm. thing. And those are the things I think those are the resources and strategies that we're trying to teach people on a very, you know, small, simple on-ramp level. Yeah. So, and that seven minutes a day, four times a week is going to grow. Oh yeah. It's going to turn into hearing from your heavenly father. I know that's the dang show. Yes. Yep. I love that. When you were talking about trying to pray when you've never really done it before and you said, uh, daddy God, like, Okay, so that made me think about your relationship with your dad. Sorry, we're going to go there. Um, (laughs) So your relationship with your dad and then later creating a relationship with God. And I just thought it was Mm -hmm. interesting that that was the name for God that you used. I know. So tell Um, me about that. Yeah, you know, my dad, again, like all he knew growing up was yelling, screaming, cursing. That's it. That's just he. He only experienced that as a child himself. And Mm -hmm. that is how he parented. And so, you know, verbally abusive, you could say verbally aggressive, you could say, but wasn't very encouraging. And for any women listening to this, you know how much the words from your father means. I mean, the truth is like your dad gives you your worth. Your mom gives you your identity. Mm -hmm. And I I really thought that God was like my earthly father. I really did. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that I treated God and the way that I came to him in such fear, only wanting him to see the good parts of my life. When I went through something hard, you know how people say like, when I go through something hard, I'm like, Lord, please give me out. Lord. I, I didn't even bring my hard things. I yeah. brought the celebratory things. God, look at me. Look at what I did. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness. Because I wanted him to be proud of me because all my life I wanted my earthly father to be proud of me. And I think we have to remember that God is a father to the fatherless and he is a mother to the motherless Mm -hmm. and he is intimacy when you need it. Yeah. He is romantic. He does want to swoon you as well Yeah, because God quite literally can fill any gap. Mm -hmm. And, but he feel, he fills it with kindness and perfection not this messy, crazy. I mean, this is a perfect, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, all powerful, can fill any space type God we're talking about. Not your daddy that cursed you out or your dad that deserted you and left you. Mm -hmm. And I think I just had to teach myself that the God of the universe is not like anyone here on this earth. And I, it took me a while in counseling to separate that spiritually because, you know, toxic churches, spiritually manipulative churches, they literally teach a God like that. If you don't tithe, you're not going to be blessed. If you don't serve, you're not going to be blessed. Mm-hmm. If you don't do this, 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 they, they teach this performative God that actually isn't proud of you when you do things that are wrong right. or not in his will or in the pastor's will. Mm-hmm. And so I had to honestly deconstruct. And that word is a, a pretty weighty word at this point. Yeah. People have taken decon they're deconstructing their own faith in God versus yeah. the faith that they were taught by man. And that's mm-hmm. very different. Yeah. I had to deconstruct 
the God of the earth so that I could get access to the God of the Bible, the real one, the one of the universe. And so it took me a while, but he filled every single one of those gaps. And then on top of that, restored my relationship and redeemed my relationship with my earthly father, which was nuts. I mean, my dad told me he loved me for the first time, like what, five years ago now, prayed for me for the first time. Like that's a different man. I'd be like, are you the same person? (laughs) And God did that for me. And that's not everyone's story. And Mm -hmm. I don't take that for granted at all, Mm -hmm. but it surely was a great added bonus. I tell you that, but even if that never happened, God filled that gap Mm -hmm. before it even happened. And that's just what he does. Yeah. He does do that. He, he does do like that. when there's something like waiting to become a mother, like mm. it felt like 40 years in the desert <laughs> waiting for that. And yeah. before it happened, he finally, my prayer the whole time was, please, mm. God, if this is not something that you have planned for me, just take mm. the desire out of my heart. Take it away, take it away, take it away. And it wasn't going away. <laughs> it's just getting yeah. bigger. And I was, it made me mad. Like, why would you do yeah. this to me? And mm-hmm. I finally got to a place. And like you said, this is my story and it doesn't happen this way for everyone. But I finally got to a place of acceptance. Like, mm-hmm. I still want it. But even if I don't get it, I'm going to be okay. If. And you're going to give me other things to do. And I'm going to be Ooh. freed up for whatever else you have for me. And I finally got to this place where I was like, okay, I'm sad about it, but I'm okay. And I know, and I trust you that you're going to do something else. So after he healed me in that way, next thing I know, on my birthday, I find out I'm pregnant. No, (laughs) on your birthday. Yeah, on my birthday. Isn't that just like a sweet little gift? Like, Yeah, I cried a lot. I still cry when I think (laughs) about it. But it was just like, wow, God, like you didn't swoop in and do what I was demanding. No. But you healed me over those years. Yeah. You you broke me. I don't know. Some people might argue with the way I say that. But you you broke the things that needed to be broken, the selfishness. You healed Mm. my need for earthly things so that my desire was more for your will. And then on top of that, you gave me a son. Like, (laughs) what? Dang. (laughs) I mean, it's just, he's so big. Abundantly more every single time. There's just, I I think one of the things that I want people to hear that you just said was like, it's the even if. Mm -hmm. There's so much power in your even if. Mm -hmm. Because what it says is even if you don't do exactly what I want, God, you're still good. Mm-hmm. You're still loving. You still created me. You still are working miracles in my life. Yes. You still woke me up this morning. Like that, like, gosh, that, that to me is, is the, one of the, the, I don't even know. I don't want to say healthiest, but I just, it's like one of the most powerful postures to have, mm-hmm. even if you don't do it my way, you're still good. Yeah. And gosh, I just, I pray for people listening now to know like that kind of posture. It's, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. Obviously we want what we want for so many reasons, some very great desires, other reasons because we're selfish and we just want what we want and that it is what it is. Yeah. But whatever that reason is when you can overcome, this is what I want. And if you don't give it to me, I'm mad. If you can overcome that posture Mm -hmm. and get into an even if, 
Oh my gosh. There's so much joy and gratitude on the other side of that. You can't even, oh my gosh, you can't even contain it. I will say there have been other times and well, first I will say that I, it took me a while to get to that even if place. (laughs) This was after temper tantrums of why are you not giving me what I want? This is something (sighs) everybody else has a baby and all that stuff. Yeah. But there have been other times, um, I prayed for him to heal my mom and she died and he's still good. Like he's still blessed oh, me in so, so many good. ways yeah. through that. I mean, there, and that's just one example, just so many times where the, even if you almost say it, like, even if, but please don't, <laughs> you know, know like, like, like <laughs> I, I mean, this. You know, <laughs> it's true. It's, I just think we are naive to think that we won't just be growing and wrestling through that forever. Yeah. God never promised us a life of perfection, fam. Nope. He only promised that he would be with us in the imper- imperfection. That's yeah. it. He never said it would be perfect and it would pan out in all the ways that we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't, I'm, I haven't even if that I'm struggling through right now, there are some other things that I like my career ministry, all that stuff. I'm like, even if Lord, I mean, whatever, do what you want to do. Yeah. But we're, we're wanting to have another baby Aww. and it's been difficult after mm-hmm. a divorce and processing through trauma and actually feeling ready to actually parent again. And then now getting to the, the point that we really want to, and it's not working. And we're like, yeah. Ugh. that, even if I haven't overcome yet, I'm not there yet. I'm like, Lord, come on. We got it now. Right. Dealing at seven, your girl just hit 30, which ain't <laughs> that old, but I'm just saying it would right. be great to get this body back snatched before 35. Okay. <laughs> you know, but I'm not there in that area and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. I'm not there. I, you know, I battled a, a whole bunch with poverty mindset because mm-hmm. I was poor. Like I had a, a daughter. I breastfed out of necessity. I was on wick and food stamps. Mm-hmm. I drove a car where the freaking rain came into that mug. Like I, like I was on financial assistance from the church that I worked at because they wouldn't give me more money to take wow. care of my family. Like, mm-hmm. I, like there are still areas that I am wrestling through. And I think God is just asking that you wrestle, mm-hmm. you know, that you just would still show up in the trenches and, and let them help you wrestle, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, for the last two years that I've been doing this podcast, it started, mm-hmm. I've told the whole story on a past episode, but it started mm-hmm. as like, oh, I think I should maybe do a podcast for our church and just the church members share their mm-hmm. stories and we have that available. And then it's just grown into something else. And now I'm seeing like more focus with it and- Anyway, long story, but my focus right now, I feel like God is pinpointing me to women, teenagers, college age, young women that, you know, I was married right out of college and divorced not much later from a very toxic marriage. And, you know, just those things that we went through. Yeah. I just, I just want women who are in that place to know, like, there is something different and it's going yeah. to be hard, <laughs> but you're going to get there and it's worth it. But, but Well, here's the thing. If you, if you just believe that hope was on the other side, how much more would you fight? Yeah. And I think the enemy will take our belief. He will do it every time that sucker will have us really thinking that it's going to be this way forever. Mm-hmm. Really genuinely, even if it's gotten better before it's, it's like, we'll get amnesia. We'll get like holy amnesia and forget that we've even processed through other stuff from Mm -hmm. before. And I just, I would just implore you to not let the enemy take your hope away, take your, 
I know I know it can get better because when you don't have hope, you have nothing. Mm-hmm. When you think there's nothing better for you, that, I mean, that's where suicidal attempts, suicidal ideation, suicidal thoughts, that's where that comes from. Yes, Thinking that there's hopeless. nothing yeah. left. And that's just not the truth. Mm-hmm. It's just not the truth. Mm-hmm. It's not, it ain't. So what about the young women who are living those lives, yeah. that lifestyle, however you want to put it, that. but don't necessarily feel hopeless, haven't even started mm. searching yet? How do, how do we reach them? Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting because this is why I wanted to specify who I was praying for in our church slash the club earlier, because I mean, I have friends that are living it up, Mm -hmm. like twerking, popping, drinking, smoking, doing all the things. Um, And even this may be controversial, even being very promiscuous. Mm -hmm. And because trust me, I had all these breasts. okay, and all (laughs) these little booty cheeks all over Instagram. And I think the realization for me was just simply asking myself why. Mm-hmm. For any decision, why, Tony, do you feel like you have to be sexy on Instagram? No, no, re- like why? Like my own self. It's my own awareness. Not anyone else telling me, oh, that's wrong. You can't do this and that. When I asked myself the question why, I knew it wasn't confidence. I knew it was insecurity. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was showing my body on social media because I wanted attention that I didn't get as a child. Mm-hmm. I know that. I know that I wanted men to look at me and be like, she's sexy. She's hot. I know I wanted them to pursue me. And I knew that came from deeply rooted lust. That is what it was. But that's the answer to my why. And I think what we should always do is invite people into asking themselves why. Mm -hmm. When I think about smoking, like I have some friends that are you know, THC, like they're kind of doing all the different types of like weed and all, I mean, all these different things. And some of them are like, this helps me with my freaking anxiety in many of the states that are completely legal. Right. For me, it numbed my anxiety, mm-hmm. not healed. And right. I did not want to go another day suppressing anxiety and not challenging myself to be strong enough to claw my way out of anxiety. If I believe that God is a healer and a redeemer of the times, then if I just for a moment stopped trying to suppress everything and did the hard work of healing and wholeness, I could look back and say, well, I don't need it. I needed to smoke. I needed it. I needed alcohol to numb. But now I look on the other side and after asking myself, well, why are you smoking? Why are you drinking out of control? Why are you blanking out and not remembering nights before? It was an escape because I wasn't strong enough on my own mentally, emotionally, or socially for that matter with, uh, with friends relationally to just handle life on my own. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't. But now with the power of God, I can, Mm -hmm. I can go through some hard freaking stuff and not need anything but my freaking prayer closet and a worship song to make my way through it. Yeah. That's me. And I think we need to stop holding the posture of everybody's why has to look the same. You you're doing this because of this. Stop. Stop. No, no, no. We're not here for the comparison trap. We're not here to place judgment on people, but we can invite people into, hey, man, this is just something you want to look at. That's how me and my friends talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, you know, I I want to just tell you, like, this looks like this. I'm not sure. 
But I just want to invite you to just ask yourself, like, you know, maybe why you're doing some of those, why you're making some of those decisions and just letting people process through it alone, because we don't get to be people's Holy Spirit. Right. That's what we've done wrong. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got to play God. No, you Mm -hmm. don't. You can invite people into a journey of discovery and let them and God discover together. Yeah. Not show crazy behind. Okay. (laughs) Focus on your own stuff, sis. Okay. But then still be there. When they have questions and yeah. Yeah. Because that's God. Yes. Still there when your crazy behind came back and had questions and doubts still there. Yep. And just hit me up since you got my number. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This was, this is what it would look like for me. And in this podcast, it's stuff like this. It's just sharing stories. This Mm -hmm. is what I overcame. You never know who's listening to this right now. Like, man, I really need to ask myself why I didn't ran through Six guys in the past six weeks. Mm-hmm. I need to figure that out. Yeah. Maybe it's not as healthy as I thought. Right. Maybe it's not confidence. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Maybe I'm not like super mature about my sexuality and that's why I did it. Mm. And that's why I did it. Surprise. Well, yeah. maybe so, girl. Go down that journey. Let us know if you need any help processing yes. it. Like we yeah. got you because yeah. I was there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yes. So I just feel like we got to hold that pot. We can just got to stop thinking so freaking highly of ourselves. Yes. I can't help it. I can't save everybody. Hey, I can barely save my dang self. Right. Yeah. Quite I literally. <laughs> I needed community help claw my freaking way out the club. Yes. You know, like, yes. I was just no. telling some friends that this morning. Like, I just want to save everybody. I want to help everybody. Mm-hmm. And I want to fix everything for everybody. But I can't do no. it because I'm still trying to do it to myself. And I can't do it for myself either. Yeah. Like, it's just that whole trust thing and stop talking to myself. Stop trying yeah. to be their Holy Spirit, like you said, and just yeah. just be there. And that is why I started this podcast is yeah. I want people to hear we all are screwed up. And if you hear everybody else's screwed, screwed upness, <laughs> you're going to be like, oh, Free, so we're all screwed up. That kind of screwed up and get there eventually. Okay. Surprise, y'all. We're yeah. all screwed up. Surprise. Spoiler alert. Excited, boys and girls. <laughs> so, okay. Following you on Instagram um, is a little ADD because you do so much. I love that. <laughs> so much. And I love it. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. Fun. So I love to do all of the things. Yeah. Um, so you look like you're having so much fun to me. What's next? What are you, what are you doing? Oh man. Well, I need to stop having so much fun. (laughs) Um, I'll always have fun, but I am heading into a season of writing my first book Yay! and I'm excited about it. And I wrestled with it for so long Mm -hmm. and honestly thought I wasn't capable and you know, who needs to hear my story kind of posture. Mm. I had to process through that insecurity and, and now I'm just like, God, have your way, do your will say the words through me, to me and through me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm going to be writing and I'm, I'm just, God, I'm so grateful. We are launching this, this devotional. We're working mm-hmm. on the next devotional for broken crayons in our women's ministry and just loving on these women and helping hopefully walk hundreds, thousands of women through their own brokenness. And, um, I'm just excited about that season. Um, I'm excited to say that my entire life after so much work and odd jobs here and there will just be totally focused in on, on, on helping bring hope to women. And I'm just 
so freaking grateful and also a little confused. I just be like, Lord, how in the freaking world did you pull this one off? How did you pull this one off? I literally was just my parents and they were like, remember when you jumped over the fence to sneak? No, no, no. they said, remember when you told us that you had a date with this guy that you pretended to be your boyfriend, took him out on an hour date, came back home to go with the actual guy who was way too old for you and crazy and went on a date with him and came back and pretended that you was on a date. Like, remember when you got so drunk at a toga party that you crawled around and your toga fell off and you were naked outside with probably a thousand freaking people. Like, and I'm just like, dang, bro, this is crazy. Yeah. How, how does this happen? Like, yeah, I just, oh man, it just, it is so God. Yes. Like, I just wish I could just I just want to tell people every, I'm like, you don't like, (laughs) I have done so many crazy things. Like I am so freaking crazy. I've slept with so many men. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it is crazy. And I just really want people to know, like, it's just not worldly. It's not logical. really heavenly. It's like miraculous for real, for real. Well, like when people talk about like David in the Bible, like God used people like Rahab. And I'm like, well, I can make Rahab. <laughs> you want to talk about when twerking need to be introduced. That word need to be in the Bible. <laughs> twerking that little girl was twerking on you in that room, Samson. That'll be the next um, translation. That's what I'm twerking to. <laughs> it's going to be the urban, the urban Bible. And I'm ready for it. Can that be I your next project? It. I'm about to write it. I'd buy it. I would buy it. Thank you, boy. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, God, I just, I want people to know, man. Yes. That it really just doesn't matter. For real, for real. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't miss it. No. There's what nothing about my past. About? I'm so glad that I remember the nights that I'm with my friends now. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad that somebody can offer me fame, relationship, lust, money. And I can confidently say, nah, I'm so glad that when anxiety comes, I'm not ashamed. And I have a community of people that I can say, hey, I'm on the anxious freaking spectrum today, sis. Mm -hmm. Pray for me. And the peace of God enters my heart. Like I, I just, yeah, I just get so emotional. Yeah. I don't miss it. No. I knew I would love this conversation. We do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do have one more question. Okay, okay, well, before I ask you that question, is there anything that you wanted to talk about, like promote yourself in whatever way you need oh, to or anything? No, it's just God. Like yeah. <laughs> as cliche as it sounds, man, like that's what, what I'm going to talk about. If you follow me on social media, surprises mm-hmm. is going to be Topo Chico and Jesus. <laughs> Sparkling water and Jesus. Can we talk about Topo Chico for a minute? I mean, we talked about Jesus. We'll come back to it. I want to talk about it. I love that sparkling water. I I have tried to love it. Why Um, is it better than other sparkling water? Why is it better? Yes. Okay, so number one, it's made from mineral water. This is where the things go. Like, this is where things get exciting. Because I've tried all the other sparkling waters, and I just didn't like it at all. And then I rolled up on that lime Topo. 
Pochico. And oh. I said, life has been changed forever. I haven't tried that. I don't really like the ones that don't have flavor. I don't, because I'm just like, well, what is this fizzy water? I don't think I want to mm. do that today. But that lime one, it takes me to a place I ain't never been before. A vortex <laughs> that nobody can access. I don't know. And I gateway drug my way to liking sparkling water. I really did because I had sparkling coconut water and it tastes like Sprite, honestly. Oh. And I was like, oh, I can do this. And all of a sudden I had sparkling water one day and I was like, oh, freak, I like it now. I gateway drug my way through it. So, but I don't miss that lime, but I love lime water already. Like, see, yeah. I think it was just like a combination of things. Gateway drug my way in, always love to put limes in my water. And so like sparkling lime water, I'm like, I'm in. That's your I'm invested to it, girl. I know. Okay. So well, I just needed to cover that real quick. Thanks. That's what I'm saying. No problem. I'll try the lime one. I think I've tried. Is it grapefruit? Is that- oh, see, yeah, grapefruit can take you back a little bit. It, I like it. It was the first one I had. It was like, oh, okay. But then I had that lime and I said, oh, 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 oh we're never going back, girls and boys. We're never going back. <laughs> All right. Was- I'll be trying the lime. Front lime. Right now, my favorite is pineapple Waterloo. Oh, okay. So literally yesterday, my friend texted me. They're like, have you tried Waterloo? And I'm like, no, because I'm not a trader. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I, I'm down to try all the new things. I love trying new stuff. So I am actually going to try it because I love pineapple juice. So a good. Whole bunch. Yes, I do too. It is so good. Okay. We just got sidetracked a little with sparkling water, right, guys, but now left. we're back. Okay. We never left. <laughs> Last question yeah. that I ask everyone is because of your story, what do you know about God? I mean, how many, we, we said it like 19 times. Guys. Right. <laughs> um, this is going to sound interesting, but you know, Jesus like paid it all. He forgave us for our sins. I say forgave, not, he doesn't just keep in forgiving because mm-hmm. he's already forgiven. Mm-hmm. Like it's past tense. And so I think I just want people to know that you don't serve a God that's at the end of the tunnel saying, come on, clean yourself up. I'm going to forgive you. Mm. You served a God. You serve a God. There's a God that's available to you. There's a God that's for you. That's quite literally in the tunnel saying, I've already forgiven you. I just want to help you find hope. Mm -hmm. I just want to help you experience freedom. I just want to show you to the light together. He's literally that God. And yeah, like, oh, please God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. He already has, mm-hmm. and he already knows what you did, sis, right up and in your little bed, okay, <laughs> or in the club, mm-hmm. or at work, financially, whatever you've done. Yeah. He knows that, and he has quite literally sent his son to die for that so that you can just access him. He's depleted that barrier, so you can just access him. He's like, imagine God like this. Maybe this will help you for the next week. God is the player on the sidelines of our lives saying, put me in coach, Mm. quite literally. Yeah. If you imagine a God that's like that, like, let me relieve you. Let me come in. I've got a little bit more endurance here. Trade my power for your weakness. Put me in coach. You'll talk to him a little different. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. You'll depend on him a little bit more. So. That's good. Love y'all. Thank you so much. This was definitely as fun as I thought it was going to be. Yay. I'm so glad. Thanks for having me. (laughs) What a way to end season three. I love her. I love how we connected in ways that I didn't even realize we were going to. That happens a lot having these conversations. So I think for me, my biggest takeaway from this conversation is 
I am going to invite more people to ask themselves why, instead of trying to shove my version of Jesus down their throat or my religion down their throat or my opinion down their throat, I'm just going to say, hey, what's your why? Why do you do those things? And of course, time and place and relationship all plays into that. So I just encourage you to find ways that you can ask people who you want to share Jesus with, like, hey, why are you doing those things that you're doing? And see where that leads in conversation. Tons of links and show notes on how to find Tony and all of the different things that she's doing and sharing with us. It is inspiring and educating and fun to follow her. So I really encourage you to go find her. I want to say thank you so much to all of my listeners. This community, I I started out this podcast referring to people who listen to the show as listeners, but it really is starting to feel like a community. And I definitely count former guests as part of that. Over these last three seasons, a little over two years, I have made some amazing friends and connections in Jesus that just blow me away. And I cannot wait to see what he's doing. And I cannot wait to see what he does with season four of Little Old Me and this podcast. It's just, thank you, God, for choosing me to do this. So since I will be away from your ears, unless you have some catching up to do for about a month, make sure you're following me on Instagram and Facebook, Mandy McDee. Dot com is my website, M-A-N-D-E-E-M-C-D.com. And you can find links to my blog, of course, Instagram, Facebook. You can also subscribe to my email list. I have some exciting things coming, some Bible studies, just a bunch of stuff that I want to share with you. And I want to make sure you don't miss it. So my son and I are still working on Psalm 139. It's going to take us longer than the summer to memorize it, but I'm so proud of him and how much he has learned and tucked away in his little heart about this psalm. So for the last time on season three, Psalm 139, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This extraordinary knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I am unable to reach it. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed below, you are there. If I live at the eastern horizon or settle at the western limits, even there, your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me.